Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of the Data Smarts Podcast. It has been a minute since I have recorded a podcast, but it's been a busy maybe six months. Um, during that time, I changed uh, changed my position, changed the organization I work for, and in this episode today, I start talking about that and um, share four areas of focus that have really helped me approach this new challenge, and I think that uh, I think they might help you too. So stay tuned. Uh, hope you enjoy. To kick things off, I thought it might make sense to provide a little bit of background, just to understand the situation, provide a little bit of context. I recently left a uh, position that I had for five years at a small business. Uh, my role was VP of product development, and I started off there as a director of product development. And after about a year or so in that position, got promoted to vice president, and I stayed at that level for the next four years. Uh, a couple months ago, I I changed positions, um, changed companies uh, rather, and my new role is. VP of information technology. So a little bit more general, um, a little bit more, well, a lot more responsibility and a significantly bigger organization. And um, I used to be in the for-profit space and now I'm in the nonprofit space. So there are some things that are very similar, some things that are totally different. And I've really found looking back over the last three months that a few things I think have really helped me I don't want to say necessarily be effective because I think it's still too early to tell, but at least help me approach the career change. I mean, I was in the last position for my last position for five years. So that's a long time, um, specifically in the IT space. And <clears throat> there's no template, no cookie cutter approach to how you're supposed to uh, go about a, a career change specifically when you're going to be in a leadership role. So I was definitely nervous. Um, definitely a much bigger job, definitely a lot more responsibility, definitely a much bigger organization. So I had to really be intentional about how I approached it as to not get, um, bottom line, you don't want to screw up you can get so used to working in a at a place that sometimes i think you lose sight of your ability to to differentiate yourself and your abilities from your abilities in a specific role right so are you a good leader or are you a good leader in your current position at your current company with your current team Right. Because I think that sometimes you can attach your abilities to your situation. And if you change the situation, then you start to question your ability. So I was definitely very cognizant of that going into this change. And there are a couple key things that I focused on looking back that I think have really helped me. And the first one is really to ask questions and not to be shy about asking questions. I think that oftentimes um, you can get very assumptive moving into a new position where it's almost like you want to figure it out on your own and that somehow <clears throat> the more that you can figure out by yourself, the, the more value you're adding, right? Or potentially the smarter you are, right? You're almost like proving 
this is why you hired me because look at all these things that I figured out. And that absolutely is just not the approach that I took. Um, I was very, very upfront about asking questions from anyone that I thought might be helpful or might have the answer, even asking questions about who I'm supposed to ask questions to. Uh, I, I think that that was very helpful. Uh, I think that it also allowed me to come into situations and and ask very basic questions that other people maybe hadn't thought about before. I know there's this one situation that comes to mind. We were looking at, um, well, it wasn't really a we, I guess I just got roped into it because uh, my predecessor had signed the previous lease agreement, but we were looking at a folding machine. And I don't know anything about folding machines, but the lease was in my name and there's um, some some staff that needed a different folding machine. So I reach out to our account rep and they come in and we have a meeting and we call the team together and there's probably three or four of us and we're talking about this folding machine and we're talking about how we might go about um, upgrading this machine to something else. So during this conversation, it comes up that, oh, well, the current folding machine we have doesn't, um, it doesn't allow for stuffing the paper into the envelopes because the envelopes that we um, purchase are not machinable, which I don't even know is a thing. So I just simply asked, you know, well, why, why don't we get machinable envelopes? Oh, well, I don't know. We just always order the same envelopes. Okay. Well, maybe we should order different envelopes. Turns out, um, as of the recording of this podcast, that those machinable envelopes, the initial quote that we that we received, they were actually cheaper than the non-machinable envelope. So what we might actually come out with is a better quality envelope that also allows for us to take advantage of a feature inside of a machine that we're paying for that will cut down on staff time. And really all that comes from is just seeing things that maybe don't make sense and just asking very basic questions, non-threatening questions. You're not trying to put anybody into a position of saying, why did you do this? Or why are you doing this this way? You're just simply asking, well, have we ever thought about this this way? Or have we looked into this before? And so far that's been really helpful to uh, break down some barriers potentially that existed just from legacy processes or, or decisions um, and I found that to be very helpful. So one thing to, to consider is definitely approach everything from a, a question or, or really just approach everything from a, from a state of curiosity and be very clear. And I've said this oftentimes that I'm not the, I'm not asking questions to be critical of the existing systems or the existing staff or the existing decisions or infrastructure. I'm, I simply just want to understand. So that's one thing that's really, um, helped me is, uh, asking questions. The next one is be honest. And this might sound silly, but there've been plenty of meetings that I'm in where a topic comes up and I have no clue what is being talked about. And I think that a lot of times, specifically people that are in leadership roles, um, and I know I've struggled with this before. If I'm, <laughs> I'll still struggle with it if I don't, if I don't check myself every once in a while. 
is that if something comes up that you feel like you should know, <clears throat> there's kind of two approaches. One is to just say, hey, you know what? Um, I'm not familiar with that term, specifically in the technology space, because, man, it is easy. There are so many acronyms. Technology is changing so often that there are new development approaches, code bases, languages. There are some languages that I haven't even heard of. And, and there's no way that I could possibly keep up to date with all of that. Um, right. Be, it, it just doesn't, it's just not practical. That's not where I add value. So if you're in these meetings, you're in a conversation, you're talking to a vendor, you're, you're talking to other staff, you're meeting with, um, with your team and there's something that you don't understand, whether it's an acronym, put yourself in the position to say, Hey, you know what? Sorry if everybody else knows what this means, but you know, what? I haven't heard of that before. There were plenty of times where I just didn't understand what we call the different departments. So I would say, well, what is that? Who, what's a cabinet? And it, it sounds silly, but by, by being honest with the things that I understood and the things that I didn't, instead of just sitting there in the meeting and shaking my head saying, okay, well, I'll figure that out later, it really helped me ramp up much more quickly. And I think the thing that that also does is it builds trust. So one thing that you definitely want to do is you want to start to build trust specifically with your peers. So um, who are the other leaders in the organization that you're going to need to be working on projects with? Those are the people that you're going to want to one, be able to work with and trust as colleagues, but also you want them to be able to trust you. So if you say that you can do something or you say that this is going to take two weeks or this isn't an issue or it is an issue or I need your help on this or I'll work with you on this, that they know that you're going to be there and that you're going to do the things that you say because even at a time where maybe um, being honest might I don't want to say it'll make you look bad, but there's nothing for you to gain, let's say, from a footing standpoint by being honest and let's call it vulnerable for the lack of a better term in a meeting when you're asking questions about things that you don't understand. If you're okay to to put yourself out there and, and be honest about the things that you understand, the things that you don't know, the things that uh, maybe you have gotten to and the things that you still haven't haven't been able to get to, why wouldn't they trust you on on something else, right? So I really think that being honest, being upfront, tell people the things that you do understand, tell them the things that you don't know, um, ask for help in the areas that you're just not an expert. My familiarity is much more with software and applications than it is with hardware. So a lot of times on the hardware and the networking side, I'm just not, that's not my thing. I haven't spent most of my career in that area, so I need help. So I'm looking for or experts or peers or people that I've worked with in the past to help me make those decisions because honestly, that's not my strong point. When it comes to software, I might be a little bit stronger. That might be my background. I may have built products before so I can, I can push in those areas a little bit more. I can provide a little bit more directions with a little bit more autonomy without necessarily having to lean so much on, on others but understanding that asking for help, bringing in um, experts to help from a strategic standpoint or to help vet your plans um, are only going to go, uh, it's only going to go further to help 
make the case that, okay, well, you know, we can trust this person because the even the things that, that they don't quite understand, they have a process in place for either bringing in the support that they need or asking for help. And they, they have no problem being honest, whether it is, um, furthering their agenda or not. So that's another thing that's been really helpful is just to take the approach of just being, um, honest in all these different situations. I think that will definitely, um, go a long way. And it, it, it might sound like, well, duh, just be honest, but think about it the next time that you're in a meeting and something comes up that you don't know, or you don't understand what is your first instinct and it probably is either to just keep rambling and try and figure out the answer while rambling or to just stay silent. And if that's your default approach, I challenge you to change it and either say, you know what? I'm not sure what that means. Can you help me understand it? Or maybe let me get back to you on that. Right. I think that'll go a long way. So the, the second tip is, is definitely just to be honest um, with everyone, really. The third thing that I found to be very helpful, or at least that I try to, I really try to do this, is to respect my predecessors. And I think it's very easy to uh, vilify the people that were in your position before. And they come and be like, man, this was so dumb. Why did you do it this way? This doesn't make any sense. I would never do it this way. You don't do this. This isn't up to spec. And all those things might be true, but that doesn't help your situation, right? The, the position that, let's say your department, your company, um, your team, your infrastructure is in at the point that you inherit it is not your responsibility, right? But the, the state that it's in, throughout your management, throughout your leadership, it will become your responsibility. And I don't find it to be helpful to spend a lot of time and devote a lot of negative energy to getting upset with people that are no longer there, that faced a lot of the same problems that you're going to face, that at a minimum... Um, got the, got the organization to wherever it is to the point where they could hire you because there's so many things that you don't know about the leadership that was in place when they were trying to do your job, the budget that they had when they were trying to do your job. So it's very easy to compare your, um, your approach right now and say, well, man, why did you do that? Why didn't you just spend the money and get new computers? Why did you, why did you use thin clients? Why are we using Citrix? But to spend a tremendous amount of energy getting upset with them for not um, preventing some of the problems that you have to fix, I mean, that's partly why you're here, right, is to kind of evaluate the current, the current setup and to, you know, make some changes or, or at least come up with your own strategy on how you might be able to move things forward. So I don't find it helpful to spend a tremendous amount of time bashing the people that were there before you. I've actually made it a point to reach out to uh, my two previous predecessors and say, look, 
I appreciate and respect the work that you've done. And I don't want to come in here and blow a bunch of stuff up trying to figure it all out myself because I'm too prideful to ask for help. So if either one of you would be willing to come back and help as a consultant or um, be willing for me to reach out and, and shoot you emails or or jump on a call or buy you lunch or whatever it might be, I want to respect and honor the work that you've done. It doesn't necessarily mean that I agree with it. It doesn't mean that I'm going to keep it. It doesn't mean that's why I want to do it. But to come in and just throw all that stuff away and say, we're going to rip everything apart because this person didn't know what they're doing, that's not helpful. It's not helpful to the organization, and that's all ego. That's just your ego, um, you know, pounding your own chest, wanting to show that you're so much smarter, so much more brilliant than um, than your predecessor that you don't need to ask for help. Well, it doesn't help the organization if you're over there banging your head against the wall because you don't want to pick up the phone and call somebody and say, hey, you know what? I need your help on this, and I don't understand how to fix it because that overall, the goal is much bigger than your ego. And your ability to put your own ego or your pride aside for the sake of the organization and kind of the greater good, that I think in, in, in large part will have a lot to do with the success in um, minimizing um, unnecessary pain. So one thing I definitely think is helpful is to try to be neutral. Again, you want to be honest. It doesn't mean that you need to pretend like everything that your predecessors did you agree with, but you definitely don't need to make it personal, right? It, it, it has nothing to do with their aptitude. It's just they made different decisions under different circumstances that you know nothing about. So, no, I would not want to continue using Citrix in our environment, but I can totally understand why they did that when they did, and I can appreciate that that's what's been keeping this this uh, organization running. How might we be able to come up with a strategic plan that moves us off of that into something a little bit more modern, right? It's a perfectly fine way to address something that you don't understand without saying, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Because that's not helpful for you to have that inner dialogue yourself. And it's not helpful for the business to hear. So try to respect your predecessors, try to reach out to them, build relationships with them, because honestly, they know a lot of information that you're going to need to learn. And uh, depending on how how uh, robust of a transition document or transition documents you received, uh, there are probably things you don't know about. So start yourself off on the right foot, help the organization out, swallow your pride, um, put your ego aside, reach out to your predecessors and try to establish connectivity with them as soon as you can. Another thing that has been very helpful in this regard is to forward uh, the email or the inboxes for my predecessors to my email. That way I can see what's going on. There are so many accounts in large organizations that are just not well known or well documented that I actually found that our website hosting had expired and was expired by five or six days from doing this. And that's what allowed me to get out in front of it and to make the change and to address it. Uh, it, it was still reactionary, but at least it wasn't criti- it, it wasn't a disaster. So that's another thing that, that was helpful 
um, in regards to predecessors. So uh, respect your predecessors and try to uh, try to build relationships to the extent possible you, uh, with those individuals. Now, the last thing, and I know I talked a lot about this in my interview because my boss brought it up, but it's really to focus on setting expectations. And this goes hand in hand with an earlier point when I was talking about being honest, but I think that this is overlooked a lot. I think that um, initially you get excited, you want to um, make promises, you want to make a splash, you want to fix everything, and oftentimes it's easy to overextend yourself and to overpromise. And I would try to avoid doing that. I think that it's absolutely necessary to set expectations in regards to, let's say, communications. And to set expectations in terms of, um, hey, fellow leaders, this is my approach to this project. This is this is how I'm going to approach it. Um, this is how, this is where you'll find documentation. This is when I'm going to get back to you. This is when you should have this information by. And also we set ourselves up in situations where we don't control totally our ability to, to meet expectations that we set. Here's a perfect example. I'm working on, um, a camera system. Well, really several camera systems across many locations. Uh, and, I don't control, I have no control over the quoting process for those locations outside of, you know, organizing the vendor, the cabling company, the site visits, uh, providing oversight and doing the walkthrough and saying, hey, this is what we're looking for. These are the areas that we want to tackle initially. But after the site visit, it's up to the camera company and the cabling company to put together the quotes. So... I'm sure we've all been in this situation before. What you hear is from the, from the camera company, Hey, we'll get you the quote by next Monday. Okay. So immediately what you probably will be inclined to do is to turn around and talk to whoever the people are that you're working with on the, on the project and say, Hey, I should have quotes for you on Monday. Right? So now the expectation is that you're going to have quotes potentially to be reviewed on Monday, but what are the chances that you actually get those quotes on Monday? And what are the chances that the first quotes you get are quotes that you want to share with them right away? So instead of saying something like that, you can say, Hey, we're supposed to be getting quotes back next week. And once I receive those quotes, I will reach out to you guys to set up a meeting to review the quotes. But this, that's something that's realistic. Even if they don't send you the quotes back on Monday and you get them on Tuesday, it's still the same week. If you get them on Tuesday and you have to go back and forth two or three times because they quoted it incorrectly and you know that you need these two certain areas broken out by, let's say, labor and hardware, then you can go back to them and you have time and you're not under the gun. Because realistically, what's the difference between Monday and Wednesday? There's not really any difference from a overall strategic standpoint but saying that you're going to get back to people on Monday with information and then not getting back to them on Monday, it just violates our tip number two, which is to, you know, be honest, right? And and it's not that you're trying to deceive people, but it's just that you don't have control over that process. So regardless of what your intentions are, you cannot fulfill that on your own. 
So I would be very mindful about being, um, <clears throat> being transparent, but also setting realistic expectations and also doing whatever it takes specifically in the beginning to meet those expectations. I remember, um, maybe last week or two weeks ago, I was supposed to turn in my goals, my 2020 goals to my supervisor. And I had said, she, she sent me the email and I was busy with site visits or any number of things. But I remember I responded and said, I haven't forgotten about this. I'll get it back to you next week. So sure enough, Friday comes around of the next week. And guess what I haven't done? My personal goals for next year. So I remember getting home at, you know, Friday afternoon. It's probably 5, 530. As soon as I got home, pulled on my laptop, sat at the, at the kitchen table and worked on my 2020 goals and sent the email out maybe six or seven o'clock. Now, did she get that email on Friday night? Did she read the email on Friday night? Did she read it over the weekend? Maybe not. It doesn't really matter. What matters is that I said I would get it back, but I would get it done by the end of the week. And that I did that because I'm one, not only building trust with the business, my supervisor, et cetera, but you also want to build trust with yourself. And that sounds silly, but if you're never keeping your word to anybody else, um, you're going to start to lose confidence in yourself internally. So your inner critic or your inner dialogue or really monologue, I guess it would be, um, you're, you're just going to start losing faith in yourself and that's not a position you want to be in. So definitely set expectations, but also maintain those expectations. If you're working on a project and you say you're going to have a project done at the end of this month, then you need to have that project done at the end of this month. If you need to communicate why that project is not going to be done, let's say by the end of the month, the worst day to be communicating that on is the last day of the month. Maybe as part of, you know, that commitment, you build yourself in uh, some updates or an approach that would buy you time if you need to modify expectations. Because what you don't want to be in the situation of is constantly, one, uh, setting yourself up for failure or getting into a situation where you're not providing any insight into any of these projects that you're doing and you're waiting for people to ask or to hunt you down for updates. That is a terrible position to be in. And it's also, it doesn't feel good to one, the people above you, but also your peers. So I try to, whether it's at the end of every, at the end of every week, or um, maybe even a little bit more frequent to send out updates on all the major initiatives to all the people that need to know about it. Even if those updates aren't, aren't substantive, but just so they understand what's going on um, and, and to set the expectation of what the next steps are, because some of those, um, some of the expectations are on them. You know, I'm going to receive quotes back for these camera systems. And the expectation is that we will meet about this as a team and we will decide what we want to do and how we will, let's say, um, uh, break out the cost into what cost centers. And we'll do that as a team. 
So the expectation is one on me to provide these quotes back by, let's say next week. And once we have those, the expectation of the leadership team is to get together and decide X. And from X, we will take some action and that action will move us forward strategically. So the last one, but definitely something that's very, very important, not just in work, but in every facet of life is setting expectations um, with others, with yourself, with your team, above you, below you, really in every direction. Let people know what they can expect and then deliver on those expectations. Those four things I think have helped me probably more than anything. And again, the first one, ask questions. The second one, be honest. Uh, The third one, respect your predecessors and the good work that they did. And then the last one, set expectations. If you can keep those in the top of your mind as you approach uh, potentially a new career or a new position change, I think that you'll be well on your way to, uh, to success. Hope that helps. And that wraps up another episode of the Data Smarts podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a review or a comment and sharing it with a colleague. That is the easiest way for us to grow our audience. And until next time, keep innovating. See you.